it's kind of an interesting topic I want to talk about today. Normally this might be talked about in the first um, lesson of the year, but my topic I want to talk about today is why Sunday school matters. Why Sunday school is important. Now, if I were to ask you guys, just think for a moment. Um, actually, you know what? Turn to your neighbor for about 30 seconds. Oh, hey, Luke. Hey, perfect seat right here. <laughs> oh, and Willie. Um, turn to your neighbor. Answer this question. If I were to ask you, why do you think Sunday school is important? What role do you think it plays in the Christian life and your faith? Uh, what would you say? Why do you think Sunday school has significance? All right, so turn to your neighbor, 30 seconds. Answer that question. <laughs> so we can learn on Sunday. Sunday school matters. Or what role do you think it plays in a Christian's faith? It's just important to like know more about who God is, because I know that we talk a lot about. Or recently, we went over the book um, *Gentle and Lowly*, um, that's which is about God's heart, and you don't really read that on your own, like on your own time. Like, let's just be real, and like, like just like knowing that, knowing more about God and His character is really important. So it helps you understand the whole aspect of grace and like of, of, of like Christianity as a whole. Um, not just like the book that we went over, but like just like other topics. Like it's really good to know because it relates to you in like a very it, it relates to you in a different way than certain do. Okay, thank you, Joe. Um, Welcome, Luke. Welcome, Janelle. Uh, all right, let's go to a junior. Uh, the question is, why science school matters? Um, Joe, name a random letter in the alphabet. You. That was Earth. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, wow, you knew I was doing there. Okay. <laughs> all right, Earth, why do you think science school is important? Like, in Sunday school, you go more in depth that, like, you wouldn't uh, learn more shit. We went over two in the beginning of the year, and we wouldn't go over that, like, in worship, for example. And, mm -hmm. like, yeah, we learn more about, or, like, in gentle and lowly, we learn more about the heart of Christ. Yeah. Like how you said uh, to go 
to go in depth that we might not be able to uh, do in uh, like a uh, sermon. Okay. Uh, let's hear from a sophomore. You guys already know my uh, trick, so I'm just gonna pick somebody a sophomore. Let's do a girl. Uh, Nadia, why do you think Sunday school, what role do you think it plays in a Christian's life? Why do you think it's important? Um, I think it's important because, like, you can also, like, ask questions. Oh. Yeah. And you can't really do that in a sermon. Because a sermon's more like a proclamation, declaring God's truth. It's more someone speaking to you. But Sunday school, it's a dialogue. It's, uh, you can ask questions. That's right. Okay. Go with the ninth grader, um, Enoch. <laughs> Great scene, Enoch. Why do you think Sunday school plays a role? Like, what importance does it have? Because you get to like know God more. All right, all of the Christian life, yes, should lead to to know God more. Okay. Well, I'll share what I believe, but I think it's first important to know. Um, maybe the purpose of a church, or what a church is supposed to do. Uh, we won't go into every single detail, but I think there are some main uh, strokes that Jesus commands the church to do. Um, so let's see what Jesus actually has for the church. Uh, if you have your Bibles, let's turn to Matthew chapter 28. Some of you guys might even know where I'm going with this. Matthew 28. So for context, um, these are the last words Jesus had for his disciples before he ascended back into heaven. So if you were there and you knew these were the last words Jesus would say to you, uh, you would probably hang on to every word. It would probably be very important. Um, let's see. Can I have, Emily, can you read verses uh, 18 to 20? Of Matthew chapter look at uh, verses 18. I want us to see where Jesus is finding his authority. He says his authority, all authority comes from heaven and on earth. It's been given to him. So Jesus is not just making a suggestion like, oh, you should, you should eat your veggies or this, this, or that. He is calling upon all authority in the universe in heaven and on earth to make this command. This is really important because if a kid walks up to you and says, hey, like, do my homework for me. Like, well, you're a kid. Like, what authority do you have in my life? But Jesus is now calling upon the highest authority, more than your parents, more than your teachers, more than the government, anything in all existence. And he makes these commands, which is to go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I've commanded you. If I could just simply... Um, in a phrase, it's just to make disciples. The way you make disciples is you have to go out. 
you have to teach them what Jesus has commanded them. You have to baptize them. So all authority in the universe, Jesus commands us to make disciples. And that's what happens. I mean, think about FCBC Walnut. We exist because the early disciples um, 2,000 years ago obeyed that command. And the gospel spread out to the whole world. And that's why a church like this existed. An early church, it didn't exist in America back then. It was just um, in Jerusalem, in Israel. So they actually obeyed this command. And that's why we are here today. And I think there is also an element of encouragement. Look at the last sentence in verses 20. We're not by ourselves. We have someone. Verse 20, last sentence. And behold, I'm with you always to the end of the age. So Jesus might have ascended into heaven to sit at the right hand of the throne of God, but he is still with us. He is still with the church as we seek to make disciples, followers of Jesus. So this is, if I could just phrase it really simply, the purpose of the church to make disciples, um, calling people to worship God as Lord and Savior. Now I want us to give us a picture of the church. What does this look like uh, in the early church? Turn now to Acts chapter 2. I'll show you a picture of the early church. Picture of the church. Acts chapter 2. So context here... um, the Acts of the Apostles, that's the book of Acts, after Jesus ascends into heaven. So this is actually the aftermath of how the disciples obey Jesus, and they receive the Holy Spirit. Um, they speak in different languages, and a lot of people um, give their life to Christ. They're converted, and this is a picture of what it looked like in the early church. Can I have... Um, Ian Howell, can you read uh, Acts chapter 2, verses um, 42? Actually, 42 to 43. Um, And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and the prayers. And all came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. Okay. I actually want us to look at verse 41 for a little extra context. So uh, look at 41. It says, Those who received his word were baptized, and there were added that day about 3,000 souls. Can you imagine that moment, to know that 3,000 people were genuinely converted, not like fake conversions where people raise their hand, but you're not really sure. But the Bible records there are 3,000 souls saved, and this leads them to do this in verse 42, to devote themselves to apostles' teaching, to fellowship, breaking of bread, and prayers. So I'm just going to write this real quick in bullet points formats. Apostles' teaching, fellowship, breaking of bread, could be the Lord's Supper, observing the Lord's Supper, and prayers. So this is a picture of what the early church looked like. Um, And I think as we look 2,000 years later at FCBC Wallet, I want us to see how Sunday School fits into everything that we're trying to do as a church. So... I know we have a lot of um, one-off events throughout the year, but let me just try to outline maybe the the weekly events. So, um, a week in a life. So, 
Sunday service. So that could be youth service. That could be that could be a, a English service. I think after that we have um, Friday night Unicoi. After that uh, we have Sunday school. And after that, we have a youth prayer meeting. That is our, I'd say, the four weekly things that happen every single week in at FCBC Walnut. Um, so I would say the most important out of all of this, or what would you guys say is the most important? I mean, they're all really important, but what would you say is maybe the pinnacle? What do you guys think? Shay uh, Unicoi. Okay. Why do you say that? Um, so in Unicoi, you get a little bit of Sunday school in it, where we do go into the Word and we go do, we go in depth and talk about <coughs> topics and issues that you see are more applicable and related to our lives. Mm-hmm. While we also have the small group aspect where we fellowship with within our small groups, in which we also like there was a verse that Joe talked about. I think it was like first. small group specifically like we get together on calls and we pray for each other throughout the week. So. Okay. Thanks Daniel. Yeah I can see how you could uh, say that. Um, anyone else want to chime in? Agree with Daniel? Oh yes Sarah. Um, I like youth Because if you think about all the other ministries, there's always something for you to do. You're always moving from one place to another. But uh, permitting actually gives you that space to kind of slow down and allow the dust to settle um, and see where your relationship with God is like. Um, yeah, I can see how you can say that, Sarah. Uh, anybody else want to share what they believe is the pinnacle or has the most value of work? I can see how you guys have said the things um, you guys were saying. I actually think this might not be your experience, but I believe this is the pinnacle. I think it's Sunday service. Now, these things are very, very important, and I can see how they have elements that maybe the Sunday service doesn't have. But does anyone know why I might say Sunday service? Why might that be the pinnacle of maybe the week? What does it have that maybe the other events or ministries might not have? Joe? The whole church is there. Yeah. What you get on Sunday service, part of it is that the entire body, the local body of FCBC Walnut uh, is present. You just don't see sixth to twelfth graders. Um, you see preschoolers, elementary students, you see turf, you see young adults, families, um, 
50 plus seniors. You see the whole church worshiping in one place. That's why I, I think that I really love youth service, but I think the danger of loving youth service and not wanting to go to English service is that you really lose out on the intergenerational aspects. That's why you have youth maybe who graduate from FCBC, they come back, and they're like, hey, this doesn't really, it's not what I'm used to. I'm not used to English service. It doesn't feel like my church. And then they go off to another church that maybe suits their needs. It's very consumer-based. It can be very self-centered driven. Um, there's something beautiful about a church like FCBC, multiple um, age groups, multiple languages even, but when you come together, it's really beautiful. Um, that's why I really love when we're combined. I know you guys um, like the youth service. I like it too, but there's something beautiful about being combined and worshiping together as a whole body. Um, there are other things we also do uh, on Sunday service. Um, we, don't, we worship together. We do that on Unicoi. We observe the Lord's Supper. That's actually a command that Jesus uh, commanded his followers to do. And we devote ourselves to the preaching, um, the apostles' teaching, which is the Bible. Um, and so... There are other uh, these are things that make it, I think, the pinnacle of um, a week. So if, imagine a sports team, I see this as game day. This is what you're preparing your whole week to get into. It's game day for us. Um, I think it empowers us to go back into the, into the week, into an unbelieving world, and to be witnesses, to be a light, to make disciples. And then when you come back to church on the weekend, you're refreshed, um, you're supported, you're encouraged to go back in to be lights in the world. So I actually see this as game day. Everything else is really um, looking forward to that. Um, I think, how many of you guys did uh, Spark, or VBS, Spark Studios, this past, or two weeks ago? It was pretty fun. Um, I still listen to the songs like on my own time. Like, <laughs> Spark Studios, <laughs> and I just like that. <laughs> and Vanessa's just like staring at me. Um, but it's really, really catchy. But you guys know that Spark Studios, it's not just a made-up phrase, well, it is a made-up phrase, but it's not just a random, like, kids area that the company made up. You know Spark Studios refer refers to the church. Spark Studios is the church, because the theme verse, does anyone remember the theme verse? Volunteers? You guys remember what it said? We are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared ahead of time for us to do. Yes. Uh, can you sing it? We are Yeah. So actually, I think this is also crucial because you get to discover and develop your spiritual gifts when you are God's workmanship. Another way to put it is you are God's masterpiece. Think about a master artist. Um, I had one. Um, Leonardo da Vinci. Da Vinci. <laughs> <laughs> He's a different kind of artist. Um, but you're God's masterpiece. God created you with a purpose, and he designed you uniquely. Different from everybody else, but when you come together as a church, you are a masterpiece, and you are created for good works, to bear fruits, to serve other people. And I think that happens, that's Sunday service when there's the whole church there. And I think that's why it's the pinnacle. Um, I really love Unicoi as well. I see why you guys enjoy it a lot. So there's something about it being at night where it's just, I don't know, it's more fun, I guess. And you really get the fellowship aspects of Unicoi because um, you have small groups. You don't 
have that on Sundays necessarily. You can have organic fellowship, go to lunch afterwards with friends, um, kind of catch up before the sermon starts. So you have an element of that on Sunday service, but I do believe Friday night Unicoi maybe fellowship does happen the most there, but that doesn't mean it can't happen on Sunday service when everybody's there. Um, so I actually see that the sermons in Friday night in Unicoi, it's more... I don't, I don't, it's more uh, geared to maybe engage modern issues like the worldview series on things like uh, sexuality, on if you can trust the Bible, um, and you have small groups help you live out the Christian life. So it's very maybe applicationally focused, um, and you have counselors there to walk with you in the faith. Um, but on Sundays, if you guys notice, the preaching is different. It's what we might call... Um, expository preaching versus like topical preaching. Topicals, you choose a subject like, can you trust the Bible? Then you find Bible verses, topics to talk on that. Still very important. But expository preaching, it's a verse by verse, book by book study in the book of the Bible. And I believe, and I think a lot of leaders here believe, that's the healthiest diet for a growing Christian, whether you're a teenager or um, a senior. That when you get that week after week, you really dive deep into, for example, the book of John. We've been in it for at least a year, if not more. Um, so you really dive deep into that, and I think that's really healthy for your diet. And so, if you only go to Unicoi, but you don't go to Sunday service, you're not really getting the main meat of the preaching of God's Word. So you really need this, and Unicoi, the way I see it, is supposed to help you apply and live out um, the Christian life. I'll do Sunday school last, but prayer meeting... This actually didn't happen, uh, at least a youth prayer meeting, until a couple years ago. Um, Ryan Matthews started it. I'm really, really grateful for him. I wasn't really sure what it would turn out to be, but uh, when he transitioned out, he handed off the keys to me. I'm like, I don't know what to do. I haven't done this before. Um, but I knew, I know that God values prayer. He commands us to pray. And I knew that God, I don't know what to do, but I know that you're pleased when we try to gather ourselves to pray on a consistent basis. And it's been wonderful to see you guys, especially in summer, uh, youth prayer meeting, this is a shameless plug. Our last youth prayer meeting is this Wednesday. I don't know where it's going to be yet, but I'll send out an email. It is a really, it's a hidden gem of youth ministry that I don't want to be hidden. I want people to experience it because you actually experience, I think, um, grades kind of intermingling and getting to know one another where you don't really see that on Friday nights because people are so set in their small groups. Um, so I hope you guys can check it out. I think it's been a, it's most, it's the most organic fellowship, in my opinion. And I think that's a really, really cool thing and necessary. Um, so I think prayers happen here. Uh, Lord's Supper happens there. Apostles' teaching. Um, Sunday school, it's often given the last thought. But I think it is so essential for you to actually be at Sunday school. Here's why. I believe the purpose of Sunday school, it is to teach the doctrines of the Christian faith teach the doctrines of Christian faith. But not just that, but it's also for life transformation. We don't want you just to be um, have a big head. We want you to have a big heart. And you should know... Wait, Kevin. You yeah. put it next to Sunday service. Oh, did I? Oh, whoa. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> okay. Um... Here's an example. If you're, I keep getting sports analogies, but imagine you're on a sports team. You have a teammate who's 
Everybody loves him. He gets along, he or she gets along with everybody, but they don't know the rules of the game. You put them on the court, they're really, really bad, and they make the team worse. Um, so you just put them on the bench, but they're a great bench player. They uh, hype the team up. That's what it's like when somebody doesn't know the rules of Christianity, when they don't know the doctrine, the doctrines of faith. Um, they could be a fun friend to be around, but they won't be any use in God's mission to expand his kingdom to make disciples. When, the, when lives are on the line, when souls are on the line between life and death, if you don't know the do- basic doctrines of Christianity, um, you're not going to be much use when God is calling Christians to be faithful to him to make disciples of all nations. So Sunday School helps us teach the doctrines of the Christian faith for life transformation. And some of you guys came to our church maybe like in high school, junior high, you don't know the whole scope of what we try to do from uh, first grade to senior. So let me try to paint that picture um, of the curriculum. So what we try to do in uh, first to fifth, they go through something called the Gospel Project. We went through this a little bit in ninth and 10th grade, but you basically get the whole story of the Bible. And this is very foundational for any Christian. You should know your family history. Um, by faith, we are children of Abraham, so you should know your family history from the Old Testament and the New Testament. And that's what you get in first and fifth grade if you grew up at our church. If you move on to sixth to eighth grade, this next year they're going into book studies. So a little, if they go through like a bird's eye view of the story of the Bible, they might do book studies. I talked to them. Uh, just a couple days ago, they might go into the book of Mark. Um, they do something called Lifeway Bible Studies for Life. Um, and it focuses on certain topics like spiritual disciplines, the return of Christ, uh, dealing with emotions. So it's a little bit more topical slash biblical. It kind of oscillates between that. Um, and here's where maybe I'll give an update for um, next week. So. Actually, starting next week when you guys move up, we're going to split the Sunday School into 9th and 10th grade and 11th and 12th grade. And that will be um, starting next week. Um, And here's what's going to happen in what we're going to teach in both classes. In 9th and 10th grade, we still want to um, lay down the foundations of the faith. So foundations of the faith. So this is like basic theology. we're going to go through something called uh, the New City Catechism. Catechism, you might hear that from Catholics when they go through maybe confirmation. It's like how they memorize certain questions to understand the Catholic faith. But for Christians, it doesn't do us very much good if we don't really know the basic tenets of the Christian faith. So for ninth and 10th graders, we're going to go through the basic foundations of the Christian faith. Um, for 11th and 12th graders, I don't, know, I don't know the word they use, but I'd call it maybe advanced theology. So we kind of went through it this past year. Um, so things like doctrines of grace, and that's uh, Calvinism, you know, the tulip. Um, they might go hermeneutics. That's just how to interpret the Bible. Um, so imagine, look at the curriculum that we go through from oops, first grade to uh, 12th grade. You won't necessarily get this on a Friday night or a Sunday service because they're trying. They have different purposes. This is more um, the apostles' teaching. It must focus on a certain book of the Bible. Um, Friday night Unicoi, It's maybe more applicationally focused. Maybe on the worldview series. This is the basic 
foundations of the faith. If you go through our science school class, the hope is by the time you graduate high school, you will have the basic foundation. And it's like learning the basic rules of basketball if you've never played before. You have to know the rules in order to be effective as a basketball player. As a Christian, you have to know what Christians believe, what the Bible teaches in order to be effective for the cause of Christ to make disciples of all nations. So that's why I would say uh, maybe the trend is some students go to Unicoi, maybe uh, Sunday service, but maybe not Sunday school. Um, but I want to argue that it is so foundational for your faith, and I hope that we understand the why of, of Sunday school. Any questions on this? All right, and then seniors will join English Sunday School, <laughs> which will be great because uh, they're going through, I believe, the book of Daniel. Um, and this is cool because I almost see Sunday School plus turf as Sunday School is almost a, um, a way on Sundays for you to get to know the larger English congregation. There's turf people there, there's young adults, um, I think uh, young families, 50 plus. So really after youth, Life really changes at FCBC in a good way, but a lot of people fail to see that. They can't appreciate the intergenerational uh, aspect of our church. Um, so I think the last portion of today is to, I think, maybe encourage the outgoing seniors. And it'll still apply to the rest of us, because soon you guys will graduate from, um, um, from high school, and you guys will move on to the next stage of your life. So here are my three, maybe, encouragements to the high school seniors and everyone else. Um, going that will graduate in the future. I think a trend that you might see is that students who grow up in a Chinese church might be a little traditional. When they leave high school, they're not interested in coming back home. Um, they may go to a new church, maybe a younger church with a single language. Uh, they don't want to go back to something that seems to be old-fashioned or just... Um, um, I don't know, it just seems kind of like, oh, that's my parents' church. But actually, I'm really encouraged. I see the trend. It's not really here. It, it's still like here and there. Like there's definitely people who, after they graduate, they don't come back. They either walk away from the faith or they find a different church. Um, but I actually see um, a good amount of graduates from high school that come back uh, to FCBC, which I'm really encouraged about. But this is my encouragement for graduating seniors. Uh, give yourself time to adjust, I think just the English congregation as a whole. Um, I guess I can only ask the only senior here, but Joe, do you remember the time you came to Gap for the first time? Do you remember what that was like, going from Awana, or RAs to Gap? Um, I don't know. <laughs> I think I was just like going through the flow of everything, but I wasn't too scared because like, I mean, I'm still the same, I'm still the same church. My brother was there, so like that helped me through. Yeah. Josh. It's true. What I find, um, youth who graduate, they end up missing the things that made church for them special. Like, where's my small group? Uh, where's Unicoi? Where's youth service? Where's um, all these things that have been very familiar to us? It doesn't feel like FCBC anymore because, to be honest, when you graduate, People go in different ways. People make different friends. It doesn't mean you can't hang out when you come back together, but people do go their separate ways. 
and church for you will feel very, very different. And you're almost rebuilding your relationships. The students that I see thrive in turf or as young adults, they're willing to embrace the intergenerational aspects of SDC. They're not, they realize that people their grade, they've left, or there's very little left, or they only come back during summer or Christmas break. The ones who thrive are the ones who say, you know what, I gotta talk to this person who's two years older than me, five years older than me, 10 years older than me, and I'm not, it might be awkward at first, but I'm gonna embrace it because that's what a church is. A church isn't just a youth group between sixth and 12th grade, it is all the generations that a church has. So I would encourage you guys uh, that your faith is better when you make connections with older people and younger people. I don't know why, but I really liked fifth grade because at my uh, K through Christian school, being in the middle of the, the pack, I felt I could, it was a small school, but I feel I could name off every student's name below me and above me. By the time I was a eighth grader, I didn't really know like the first and fourth graders' names. But there's something I think really, really amazing by just reaching out and getting to know uh, different generations uh, in our church. Um, second encouragement I would say to outgoing uh, seniors, but also you guys, um, be patient as you adjust uh, to turf. As I said, you won't have set small groups. You won't have a set uh, small group counselor there. Um, it'll be very different. You'll be in, uh, I think, community groups is what they call it, and it'll be mixed uh, grades, uh, mixed genders, so uh, kind of like ball groups, right? Um, so I'm trying to you know, prepare you guys for that. Um, but let me be real. Unicoi and Surf are two very different ministries. Um, you might not play games. Um, I don't know if you guys not even like the games that we play, but I like them. Um, and if you stay local at Turf, you might tend, you may have the temptation to compare your college experience to the college experience of people who went out of state or out of town. Like, hey, like this person went to UCSD, why are they having so much fun at the beach? And like, I'm here. Like, it's very easy to compare yourself to the college experiences of other people. But I think there's something very beautiful about staying faithful to the local church that you uh, grew up at. Um, I obviously didn't do that because I'm, I'm here. <laughs> um, but God sometimes does move us in life. And um, I do have a very soft spot for turf because um, in 2013, when I came to this church, I was a turf student. I was a second slash third year, and I walked into the PC where they met. Uh, John Cito was our pastor at the time, and a whole new group of Asians that I just didn't know. I'm like, oh, this person's name is JJ. Never met a JJ in my life. Um, sister named Ariane. There's a girl named Jen, Jen Lo. She plays in worship. There's another Jen, Jen Lim, who's now, or formerly Jen Liu. These random, well, they were random at the time, but these became people who like welcomed me. So I have a very soft spot for turf because that, I think, welcoming characteristic, I think they do have that now as well. I see the way in, uh, newcomers come in and they embrace them. Um, like that Kevin Utomo guy, he just came in and he's really like, you know, oh yeah, you know. So I have a soft spot. And uh, shameless plug again, there is a turf retreat this winter. So uh, Joe and other seniors, hope you guys can go to that. Um, and maybe one last thing about this. I think people tend to miss uh, Unicoi. But here's the thing, as a college student, you have so much more freedom. 
you can drive, you don't have to sign those annoying permission slips, which you guys don't even sign anymore. Uh, and who's to stop you from organizing your own road trip with your friends to get closer as brothers and sisters in Christ? Um, you can do that. I didn't know we had that freedom. When I was, my college fellowship and my old church was called uh, Rock. Um, and we're like, why can't we do our own things as Rock? And um, they said, okay, what do you want to do? And he gave us the freedom to organize trips like uh, we went on a snowboarding trip that we organized on our own, um, but we ended up having like the older students do it because we still were not very organizationally uh, um, in tune with that. So you have a lot of freedom as college students. Make the most of it. Um, I do think it's better um, in different ways. And I think if you're always comparing it to something else, it you lose the sight of the privileges that you have as a college student. It's a really special, special time. Um, last encouragement. Uh, I kind of said it before, but I think just embrace the intergenerational aspect of FCBC. I do think that's what makes our church very unique from maybe like a large uh, mega church or like a young single language church that um, even though we're all Asian, we are pretty different from the Cantonese, the Mandarin, the English, the youth, but there's something beautiful when we actually um, embrace that aspect. Um, Gabe is also the college pastor and the young adult pastor, and if you notice, he does sometimes has events that are combined for uh, college and IT, which is in transit for young adults. Um, even this past Easter, there was an IT hangout, but it was open to the whole church. Uh, some of you guys even came, some collegians came, and it was pretty unique to see like the whole uh, different life stages come together and just have fun. And uh, I know they're having a, I saw the calendar, there's a, I think a turkey bowl uh, park day on Thanksgiving. So those are opportunities where your church life will look pretty different. Um, but it's something you can embrace if you're, if you're open to that. Um, Yeah, so I think part of growing up is knowing that you have to say goodbye to certain things. And for those going to turf, whether right now or in a couple years, uh, it's time to grow up and embrace the fact that everyone in this church, they are your family. Um, if you only root yourselves in people your own age, uh, your own friends, uh, your faith will suffer for that. But if you actually make the effort to branch out, talk to other people um, older than you, younger than you, to the aunties and uncles, or um, people five, ten years older than you, your faith will truly be better for that. And I think that's my uh, encouragement for outgoing seniors, but also people who get there when it's that time. Um, any questions or thoughts? Okay, well, um, then let me close for us, and um, with this being, I think, the final 9th to 12th grade Sunday school, um, yeah, I think it'd be cool to take a class photo at, at the end, because you guys know why this class started in the first place. Um, during COVID, when everything shut down, um, we didn't have Sunday school, but I think uh, midway through, a couple months in, we started just like a junior high and a high school online Sunday school. And it's been like this ever since. So we're slowly, by God's grace, able to um, uh, create more classes, which I think helps for learning and interaction. So 
Um, thank you for, for Aaron, for John, for Art, who's not here, that they really, uh, they really uh, committed. And there was like a season of a year where I think it was only like John, Aaron, do you remember like online science school, just two or three students? <laughs> we would just study this, the passage that would be preached that day. It was actually really, really cool. We actually had a lot of fun. Um, it was like Sharon Wayne, Katie Al Young, Eden, you were there. Um, and I think one or two other, one other person, I don't remember. Um, but it was, I'm thankful for, I think, um, just our John Aaron Art for really uh, pushing through. And um, yeah, so by God's grace, we'll keep moving forward. And um, and we'll go from there. So let me close in prayer. Let's set up the left side of the room afterwards, and we'll take a class picture in front of this whiteboard. All right, uh, let me pray for us. Lord, as we uh, close out this year, thank you for the privilege again of Sunday School that we have um, leaders in the church who are willing to invest in the lives of the upcoming generation to, to teach them the doctrines of the Christian faith, to teach us the rules of the game, so to speak, and our faith will be better for it. Lord, I pray that this knowledge, it wouldn't just become um, lifeless, but it would uh, influence our actions, our thoughts, our words, and everything about the life direction of our life. Lord, Sunday School, it, it has a special place. It plays in a crucial role in the life of a believer for those here at FCBC. So Lord, help us to cherish it. Bless us next year um, as we split into two different classes. Um, so, Lord, uh, we look to you and we abide in you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.